Hey everybody, Mavsky here with Dark Softly Tales. I decided to turn this chat that we're having about emails that I've received and sparking that creative fire inside of you. I decided to make it a two-part series since altogether it was really, really long. And I realized that most of the people who listen to this podcast prefer stuff in between 20 to 30 minutes. So I decided to go ahead and make these about 20 to 30 minutes a piece. So I hope that you are enjoying this and that it's useful to you. Oh, and a quick note. (laughs) If you hear like that fuzzy noise in between my talking, that's my husky dog, Blue Star bursting his way through the door and making noise in here. Honestly, I don't know what makes that particular noise, but it's, I'm having a really hard time editing it out. So I'm going to have to like put him in his kennel or something whenever I'm doing this because obviously he's creating a lot of racket. Anyway, that's just a side note. And here's part two. And I think one of the biggest lessons I learned about writing stories is that, yes, there are rules to learn, but it's like learn all the rules and then forget them and intentionally break those rules and see what happens when you do. And learn why you want that rule or why you don't want the rule, how you want to apply that rule, how you don't want to apply that rule. It's all up to you. And it's really up to your voice. It's up to your imagination. So just give yourself the freedom to let that flow. Anyway, these are the things that I learned on my story writing journey. Um, The other thing is when I first started learning, I actually had joined this place called Six Sentence Stories. I think that's what it was called. It might have been called something different. I don't think they're around anymore. But you had to write a complete story in six sentences. And there was this huge community of people. They were a really great community. And we had a lot of fun. And um, and I, I went from six sentence stories I wrote a thousand word stories. I think those are called dribbles. Actually, that's under a thousand words. Thousand words is called flash stories. And then I went from a thousand words to like 2,500 words. Then I went to 3,200 words, right? And they kept getting bigger. And then I started thinking about writing novels. I still wasn't sure if I could write a novel because I still struggled with belief in myself and worthiness, I felt, um, I still was kind of going with the rise and tides of whenever an editor would say something, you would get really excited, or if he said something mean, then I was down, like, oh, I must be a loser because they called me a loser, you know, that sort of thing. But as I did start getting those acceptances, I had really started building a name for myself because every, a lot of people knew who I was because I was in so many writing groups. I was doing all these different things. A lot of people were editing my work. I was editing their work. So whenever I started getting acceptances and I would tell everyone they would be really excited for me and I'd be really excited for them as they would get acceptances. But I did start building a name for myself. Um, I wrote a nonfiction essay that won a contest that really surprised me because I actually am to this day writing nonfiction is a big sore spot for me it's just it really is but especially back then it was a sore spot but um, I had been invited to write for this contest so I did 
and I I don't remember if I won. I, I, there was like 10 essays that won the contest, and one of them was mine, which really floored me. And I realized also, though, that I could make a name for myself in the writing world. Like, I, I could actually write. So then I kept writing stories. I kept writing stories. I started winning other contests along the way. I was nominated for Big Profile, Noir, and Crime Writing Things. And along my writing path, I went through an identity crisis. And then I realized I was having constant PTSD reactions from my childhood. Um, I, you know, eventually got into therapy. It's actually taken eight years from I started therapy to the place where I am right now. <laughs> just to just deal with it and get through it and learn healthy tools to deal with that past. But I did all that while I was writing. I did self-work, self-reflection, shadow work. I did all that. I'm not perfect, but at least I was able to get into that space where I wasn't in constant pain. And I attribute that to my creativity, to being able to write all that stuff out. I've been through several spiritual crises as well. I, um, I was pretty much kicked out of my church in my 20s. And I had loved my church. I had loved those people. They were my community. And so it really hurt, and I felt really betrayed. And so after that happened, I went through this long journey of figuring out what I believed and why. And I've explored many religions and many spiritual beliefs. And I found myself, you know, doing things like traveling to the underworld and being able to heal childhood traumas by soul retrieval. I found myself doing lots of meditations and clearings. And I realized that my intuition was one of my greatest gifts. And along with that came clairvoyant and channeling abilities. I still, like, I study Buddhism. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly exploring. And I do a lot of different practices. And, um, and I still read my Bible. I talk with God. I've grown to trust myself and love myself. And I also love and trust other people. And I've been able to be a part of um, like braving shame groups. And in those years, I was able to grow with these group of people. We went to these deep, vulnerable places that I didn't even know could be shared with other people. It was a very magical, very deep. There's a lot of grieving in those journeys. All this happened while I was writing and doing all these different creative pursuits. So on the creative world to those people it just looked like oh she's just keeps on growing she's doing all these things no I wasn't really sharing what was going on in my personal life and a lot of that had to do with it was difficult for me to be vulnerable with other people it's hard being vulnerable in general but I had a lot of shame and I felt like I didn't deserve the success that I had I didn't deserve to be able to write and to do what I dream, to do what I dare. I didn't really feel like I deserved that. So I still really withheld that from other people. Another thing that happened along the writing journal, uh, I keep saying journal, I meant journey. I'm not gonna even fix that. <laughs> uh, so one of my children was diagnosed with a mental illness when he was 10. And there was that journey with him 
for years, he still struggles with it. But that was really, really hard as a mother dealing, you know, with your child who's struggling like that. It was just so hard to watch him struggle with it. And I didn't have any control over that. I, You know, it's basically you love the child and you believe in them and you see this great future for them, even when they're telling you that they don't have a future. That's kind of what you got to do as a mother. And that was just so, it's just so hard. And I'm sure you guys understand everyone goes through the journey of illness, whether it be with yourself or with a family member or your children, you know, someone just struggling with that illness and there's that feeling of helplessness, like there's nothing that you can do. But you can offer your love and you can offer your support and you can admire their strength of spirit and courage to get up every day and keep going. But I was also dealing with that as I was writing and learning how to write and while all these things were happening when I was writing those 20 books that are up on Amazon this is what I was going through so if you're going through a really hard time this is an opportunity for you to put all of that pain and that sorrow and the grief and the struggle and the rejection you put all that into that creative spark and that is what will grow that flame. There's lots of things that can fuel the fire, right? It transmutes that pain. It transmutes the grief. It transmutes the rejection. It transmutes the trauma into something really beautiful of art. And when people see that art, they don't necessarily know why they can relate to it, but they do, and it actually heals them as well. That's just the beauty of art in general. You know, we heal each other. It's been a lot. There has been a lot. But you know what? I have 20 books on Amazon. I wrote them during all of this. I studied. I applied myself. I passionately believe in imagination and that stories help us to heal whether we're the ones reading the stories or we're the ones writing the stories. I have built and rebuilt websites. I have been on and off social media, as you guys know. I thoroughly explored whether I want to have an agent or if I wanted to go indie. Honestly, I love the freedom of being indie. I love carving my own path through the forest and seeing where it goes. So I pretty much said, screw it, all the normal paths. And um, I envisioned what I wanted to have in my life. I wanted to write books. I wanted to narrate stories and maybe start a podcast, open a jewelry store since I love making jewelry and candles and whatnot. I want to teach classes, unlocking your creativity, healing through your imagination, opening to intuition on how to sit still and meditate on how to calm your nervous system. And that one for me is a constant work in progress. If you suffer from trauma and PTSD, learning how to calm the nervous system is the best thing that you can do for yourself. But of course, calming the nervous system always requires you creating a safe place for yourself, learning to love and care for yourself, and trusting yourself to build healthy boundaries so you can invite that love and trust from others in, and blah, 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 blah. But this was all stuff that I have envisioned for myself, building one brick at a time. 
It's just one brick at a time. So that was story writing, okay guys? So if I can do that, <laughs> so can you. And I know you guys are going through hard time. We've been through such hard times. There's so much um, disarray in the world, which comes down on our personal lives, on our mental health. But you can do it. And all it takes is take making a decision, taking one step at a time, and persevering. Okay, so let's get into podcasting. Um, podcasting has pretty much gone the same way as story writing. I had no idea what I was getting myself into or even what I was doing at first. So I dedicated myself to learning audio mastering, which, as you guys know, I'm still learning. And I still screw up, like, a lot. But I'm learning. <laughs> I've also learned a little bit of voice acting, learning how to care for my throat, studying and learning about voice frequency and how much healing that can come through when using the voice properly. And then there's the learning how to do all the things. Um, and there's a lot of things with podcasting. But to tie it all up with what I said at the beginning, I am learning on how to open a little website store right now. That's like one of my, that's been one of my goals. That's been on my list. And I feel really frustrated. I feel like a complete newbie and like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I kind of feel like giving up and throwing in the towel, but I'm not. I'm just gonna follow it through and realize that I'm gonna fail at first, just like those first 100 rejections, <laughs> just like this podcast, only getting like five downloads a day at the very beginning. And now we're getting like, thousands a month. And the reason my podcast has grown is because I was consistent. Even when I knew I was doing things wrong, even when I didn't know what I was doing, even though I felt really crappy that day, <laughs> even though bad things are going on in my life, even when my kids are screaming, hey mom, while I'm in the middle of podcasting, or my dog who still continuously like bursts his way in through the door and creates a lot of noise as you guys probably heard earlier in this podcast. Um, even when people in my life are being suicidal, and it's going through a divorce, and then there's the pandemic. It's not about being perfect. It's not about knowing everything. It's about being okay with failing. It's being okay with not coloring inside the lines. As long as you're coloring, you're okay. <laughs> but you have to color. If something doesn't work, that's okay. If, if it doesn't work out, then it's okay. Because then you know, right? Then you know it doesn't work. And you can move on to the next thing. But if you are dreaming and fantasizing of writing that short story and sending it to a magazine or writing that great novel or opening up a little art shop or jewelry store or painting that first oil painting or maybe doing a tarot card business, you don't need an education or a perfect childhood. You don't need the perfect life right now. You don't need the perfect job, the perfect spouse, right? You could be dating. You could be, the, you know, a perfectly happy marriage. Like it, it doesn't matter exactly what you have or what you don't have. All you need is passion. Believe in yourself. The courage to keep going, even when you don't want to, <laughs> especially when you want to quit. And this all adds up to growth. It adds to your healing. You learn more about yourself. 
When you learn about yourself, the further you can grow, the further you can push yourself past those places that you're only dreaming about right now. But you can turn those things into a reality and it's not gonna be this dream that you have in your head, this fantasy like, oh, if only I could do this. Do it and then you'll know. <laughs> Sometimes when you do things, it doesn't, it just really does not work out and you're like, okay, that is not for me. And then you can let go of that dream or fantasy and allow what you can do well, what you do believe in, what you do passionately feel about, you can allow those things in. Obviously, as I'm speaking here, uh, it's not very well put together. I'm just kind of speaking from my mind, kind of based on this outline I have on here, which I have skipped around all over the place. So hopefully this makes some kind of sense. Just to kind of reiterate, it doesn't matter your financial status, your education, your skin color, your sex or gender, or whether you have three kids or no kids. If you work at a gas station or if you're a judge, or whether you had a normal, quote unquote, childhood, or had a traumatic childhood. None of these things matter. If you dream of doing something, take that first step and do it. And then you take the next step, and then you take the next step, and you're going to get rejected, and you're going to feel like a loser, and you're going to feel like quitting, and you're gonna make it to the top of a mountain. After a long time, you're gonna make it to the mountaintop, thinking you finally arrived only to realize that there's a much bigger mountain in front of you. And yeah, it's okay. Take a week. <laughs> Take a day. Be bummed out about that. Rail at the gods that you thought you finally made it, only to have to keep on going. Which makes me think of the midpoint of a novel because it always feels like that. <laughs> but you have to keep going. You take that next step. And then the next, and magically people appear along the way that have a kind word, that give you constructive criticism, and you'll get that one person who believes in you. So you just have to do the best that you can in the moment with what you have. I want to inspire you guys to please just take that next step because from the emails I've received from this podcast, you guys are a creative crowd, chomping at the bit to go do something with that creative energy, that spark. And I want to encourage you to take that spark and turn it into a fire. That's your responsibility to take that spark and turn it into a fire. That isn't your boss's job. That isn't your spouse's job. That isn't your children's. That isn't, no, nobody else holds that responsibility except for you. You are the only one who can do that. So do it. I just wanted to add this in there as far as stories. Remember that there is room for everybody's story. And I know it's easy to feel like, well, that story has been written so many times. It's been told so many times. So why should I even try to tell that story? It's just the same thing. Uh, and I'll just tell you, like, I feel this way sometimes about King's work, Stephen King. I feel satisfied and in this state of wonder at the end of one of his books. And I think, why am I even writing when this dude knows how to say it all? <laughs> Like, I felt that way, too. But you know what? There's like five pizza places here right in my little town. And they're all thriving and doing well. You know, they all make pizza. But they all do what, like, everybody wants a different kind of pizza. It's like the same pizza, but with different stuff on it or different recipes, different um, things about these pizza that appeal to different people. And all these pizza places are wanted and they're needed. 
Okay, so maybe there are a trillion ghost stories in the history of mankind, but we don't have your ghost story. I haven't read your ghost story, and I assure you that I would love to, because I love stories. Stories are how humanity heals, how we share and relate, and really how we learn so much compassion for ourselves and for others through stories in whatever form, whether that be writing, art, narration, podcasting, whatever. It's all needed, and you're needed. So, I suggest grabbing a pen and paper, writing down a list of the things, like if you could do anything creative, what would you do? From that list, pick out something that may or may not be out of reach, but it's something that makes your heart so happy. It's like you're waking up and you get to do playtime again, just like when you were a kid. And just do it. Read up on how to do it. Then dive in and make a million sloppy mistakes. The only rules out there are the ones that you put on yourself. So lift those rules and just play. And then give it a shot. And realize that you're probably going to be rejected a few times. Or a lot. (laughs) And that's okay. Have you ever seen a toddler learning how to walk? And it's just, it's ridiculous, really. The teetering, the falling, the screaming, the frustration. But that baby gets up over and over again until he gets it, until he walks. And he'll walk like we all eventually walk, right? And can you imagine if we belittled that baby for falling over? And if we said, oh, that's it. Might as well not even bother to get up because it's never going to happen. Can you imagine if we talk to a baby like that? So why would you talk to yourself like that? You know, believe in yourself. Tell yourself things like, it's okay. Just get back up. Just go at it again. It's okay. (laughs) You're going to get a few bumps. You're going to get a few bruises. You're going to feel like screaming. You're going to feel like quitting. And that's okay. That's just part of the process. So just get back up and start again. Okay, well, I hope that inspires somebody out there. And now I probably better get back to building that shop page. (laughs) I miss you guys and I can't wait to be back here narrating stories. So I'm sending lots of love out there. And until next time, shine bright dark hearts. (laughs) 